Hello and welcome to the Neurodivergent Awakening podcast, where I'll be documenting my journey on finding my most authentic neurodivergent self, navigating parenting a neurodivergent child, and discussing issues that affect us neurodivergent people. I have made it my mission in life to educate those who don't understand neurodivergence, making the world a more kinder and accepting world for neurodivergent people and help as many families as I can. Whether you are autistic, ADHD, neurodivergent anyway, your loved one is neurodivergent, your child is neurodivergent, or maybe you're just here to learn, thank you for being here today and I really hope you find this podcast helpful. Hello my loves and welcome back to a very late episode of the Neurodivergent Awakening. If you are one of my lovely followers who listens every week, thank you, thank you, thank you, um, I do apologise that this is late. Normally I upload like first thing on Friday morning and this week I forgot, today was Friday, basically I thought today was Thursday, so I thought I'd another day and I did not. Um... One of the reasons for my complete and utter dopiness is um, I changed medication. Well, not changed medication this week. I've upped my dosage again. And I don't know if anyone else has this when you're on ADHD medication. But whenever I up a dose, I lose the plot for like a week. (laughs) Like, I just literally lose the plot for a week. And I don't know if I'm coming or going. I'm completely out of routine. And... I try to control like the environmental factors, obviously doing like my morning routines. I've now got an exercise regime. I'm watching what I'm eating, all these things. I'm eating like way more protein than I normally do. That's supposed to help and nothing is helping. And it's because of the medication I know it is. And also um, for my female listeners, uh, which is most of you, I think, um, I've recently had my quill out. I don't know if I spoke about this last week, but I had my quill out and I'm having what is called the marina crash, uh, where apparently you basically turn to a nutcase for a couple of weeks after you have your coil out. It can take up to six months to feel normal again. So I was like, wow, great, yippee. I love being a woman. Love it. Just love that for us. So, um, yeah, basically my brain is very sensitive to um, hormones, as we know. Um, I'm going to probably do an episode on this, actually. I might try and see if I can track down like a hormone expert who has any knowledge in this. Any recommendations? Or if you are a hormone expert or a women's health expert and you're ADHD or autistic or you specialise in that area, please get in touch because I want to talk to you. Um, because we definitely are way more sensitive to our hormonal changes as well. So that's why I'm just a complete up fucking mess this week. Anyway on to the episode. Um, so this week I'm going to be discussing um, a question that I get a lot in my DMs and to be honest a lot of people in my real life ask me this probably more than anyone um, which is is it even worth getting an autism or ADHD diagnosis especially an autism diagnosis like a lot of people are like what is the fucking point so I'm going to talk about them separately um because it is two separate things because obviously they're two separate diagnoses um the reason I'm discussing them both in the same episode is because like me most of you seem to be a combination of both or you're not sure if your kids are a combination of both or whatever so let's get into it so firstly ADHD is it worth getting an ADHD diagnosis this is a slightly easier one for me to answer um the answer for me personally lies in a couple of factors um do you need a diagnosis in order to get accommodations at work? Now, 
With the Equality Act 2010, you do not actually need a diagnosis and you do not actually need to declare a diagnosis in order to get accommodations in the workplace. However, from experience, it helps, right, if you can prove your diagnosis. And um, I think sometimes, obviously, there's laws in place that are designed to protect us, but do they always get followed? No, they do not. So if you're finding it really, really difficult to get accommodations in the workplace or uni or at college or school, like if you're listening to this on behalf of your kids um, and you're feeling like if they had a diagnosis, you would get taken more seriously or they would have to put certain things in place for you, um, then obviously, absolutely, that would be a need. Um, I think even just being able to say, I'm on pathway, I'm under assessment, whatever you want to call it, would swing in your favour. Um, so that would be one reason that you would want to seek a diagnosis. Um, and the second big one, which was the big one for me personally, um, do you want medication or not? So obviously with ADHD, it is a chemical imbalance. It's not a mental illness It's a or a mental health problem. It's a neurological disability caused by a chemical imbalance within the brain. And that chemical imbalance obviously can be for want of a better word, rectified. Obviously, no amount of medication is going to make you neurotypical, but can help reverse the effects slightly and help to level out the, that chemical imbalance. Um, so if you really want to try medication, obviously, you have to be diagnosed to get medication. They will not give you medication if you are not diagnosed. So for me, that was the, the swinging point because obviously I had my autism diagnosis already but I had kind of in the back of my head known I had ADHD probably for like the last I'd say probably for the last 10 years I'd say in the last 10 years most people assumed I had ADHD as soon as they met me so I was naturally like well if everyone thinks I have ADHD then I must do right I didn't even know ADHD medication was a thing <laughs> I didn't know um, I, know, I knew nothing about it in terms of how it was treated or what it was like. I just very much thought, oh, I'm quite hyper. And at the time, I didn't realise how much my ADHD was kind of like hindering my life because I don't know, I think I just put down the issues I had in terms of like work and stuff. And to be honest, it didn't really hinder my life at the time because... I was good at my job. I was in a profession where I could bounce around all day. The more hyper I was, the better, because um, I worked in sales. And I could bounce from, like, store to store every year, and no one blinked at it. Like, it never really came up. And because I lived at home, the disorganisation and stuff like that, again, wasn't really a factor. I didn't have as many things to balance, because literally all I did was get up, go to work, come home, perhaps go to the gym do a bit of dinner for myself, that was it. Like, I didn't really have any responsibilities. And it was only when I got to motherhood, so I had the big burnout, I got to motherhood, and really I was still recovering from a burnout when I had my son. And suddenly I had all these responsibilities, and that was when things started to fall apart a bit. And again, I put it down to my autism, I put it down to things that were around me at the time. I had some, like, not very great people around me, so once that was kind of sorted, and every time I thought, oh, this will solve it, oh, this will solve it, oh, this will solve it, like if I get a new job, if I have different people around me, if I, um, you know, do whatever, that will solve it. And every time I was like, that will solve it, it didn't solve it. 
So I would say it was only when I was going down the road of getting my son diagnosed with autism that I was like, okay, I think I need to look into my ADHD a bit more because it was literally hindering everything. I was fucking up forms. I do it now. Fucking up forms. I was um, doing the wrong things. I was not going to the right places. I was mixing up appointment times. Like it was just getting a lot. And I was really struggling balancing like working and being at home and trying to do everything that my son needed me to do. Because obviously if you've got kids who are autistic, you know, it's like a full-time job. It's completely, you need to give 100% at all times. And that's when I was like, I think I need help with this. And I think maybe it's time for me to get a diagnosis. And it's only when I go backwards through my life, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's literally hindered me so much. And had I known earlier, I might have been able to have coped at uni. I might have been able to have coped at college. I might have coped at work a lot better. Do you know what I mean? But at the time, I didn't realise I was hindered. So for me, you know, the reasons that you might not want an ADHD diagnosis is um, you might think, well, I don't want medication. I've got the tools to handle it. Um, And there are a lot of things you can do outside of medication to help ADHD. Like, absolutely. Like, you can have a good morning routine. You can do mindfulness exercises. You can ensure your nutrition is, you know, good. You can exercise. You can have regulationary tools like, you know, EFT tapping, that kind of thing, stuff that we've all talked about on here before that can help you manage your ADHD without medication. And there are plenty of people out there who have ADHD and can't take medication for whatever reason. So um, there are supplements you can take, um, lots of different ones. I'm not going to talk about the supplements too much because I'm not 100% with them. Uh, But if you go online, there's tons. Lion's Mane is probably the most popular and probably the one that I would recommend. Um, but yeah, there are other things that you can do and ensuring you've got like lots of protein in your diet, things like that will help you manage your ADHD a lot better. Um, so it completely depends on your support network as well. Like if you're in a situation where, I don't know, you've got kids and you're like, I've got ADHD, but you know, you can afford to get a cleaner. You can have people around you that will help you, you know, raise your children. You have people that are on hand to have them maybe once a week or you know, they're at, they're, you've got lots of childcare, they're at school, you've got time in your routine to decompress, you may not feel like it's pressing, and that's absolutely fine, there's never um, any pressure to get a diagnosis, I really don't agree with that, what I will say is, I think it's how you view the diagnosis that is the main thing, and this goes with autism as well, because the biggest thing I get is, oh, you know, what's the need to label yourself, and for me, if without the ADHD and the autism label, I'd be labelled other things <laughs> such as stupid, lazy, um, broken, um, weird, all these things that I've been called like before knowing these things about myself. So um, I think the label of having a diagnosis is so important. And even if it is just the fact that you know that your brain works this way, you stop trying to compare yourself to neurotypical people, note to self, um, and you stop trying to have these expectations of yourself because you're like, you know what, I've got ADHD, I can't do that. And that's not a bad thing. That's not you using your diagnoses or potential diagnoses as an excuse. Um, It's actually acknowledging my brain is different. My brain can't, you know, I can't meet those expectations because of the way my brain is wired and that's okay. And 
again, the other thing I want to add with the ADHD narrative is that there are a lot of people out there experiencing traits of ADHD, uh, but they don't actually have ADHD. Now, this is really, really important. Now, I don't know enough about this. I don't know. I need to probably, again, get someone on here who knows a bit more about this. But post-traumatic stress disorder, um, basically the traits of it are very, 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 very similar to ADHD. Very, very similar. The main thing you want to look at, if you're looking at the fact that you may potentially have an ADHD diagnosis or not, is whether or not your ADHD traits have been with you since childhood. Um, if you can think back to in childhood, you might be able to look back and go, they weren't that bad, but they were there, then that's a tick. Um, because you might have had different coping mechanisms at the time, you might have had a different support network, that kind of thing, um, and your environment would have been different. But if you're like, oh, I never felt like this until the pandemic, for instance, you probably have PTSD. Um, and again, that would be something that you would need to go to your doctor to speak about. You would need to get help for, absolutely. Um, but you may not necessarily have ADHD. So again, ADHD medication isn't actually going to do a lot for you because you don't have the chemical imbalance. You are suffering the traumatic effects of something that's happened to you. Um, and a lot of people are walking around at the moment with PTSD from the pandemic because it was a globally traumatic event. There's a really good book, I talk about this book all the time, um, it's Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, um, and he talks about this, like, in depth. Um, he would be, like, my dream my dream guest on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, I absolutely love him. He's written some amazing books, including Lost Connections as well, um, which is more about drug addiction. But it explains why we have, like, addictive behaviours and things like that. But Stolen Focus explains that this phenomenon um, really, really well. And it's quite a good insight to maybe understand why you feel like you have ADHD, but you might not necessarily have it. So what I would say is if it's bothering you enough and you think, you know what, I want to I wanna get help for this, that's your time to look into it. Um, if you're feeling like, you know what, I think I'm okay. I think I don't need this. Honestly, going for an like going for these diagnoses are a stressful process because it takes so long. Um, you know, you don't have to. There's absolutely no pressure. Self-diagnosis is completely valid because of the length of time it takes to get diagnosed and how difficult it can be. If you feel like you can do it on your own and you're quite happy to kind of go, do you know what? I've got this label. I'm going to wear it. I definitely have ADHD. And the things that are online and the things that I can read in books about ADHD, I can use, I've got a toolkit of things, and a support network, crack on, there's no pressure. So, autism diagnosis, slightly different conversation here. Um, so obviously, again, autism, neurological disability, right? Again, I'm talking more about adults here, obviously if you think your kids might be autistic or ADHD, please get them diagnosed, because the earlier they understand that it's their brain, not them, they're not lazy, broken, weird, all those things, um, their brain is just different, and there's help that you can get from them, and you may want to look at medicating your kids, obviously it's a completely personal choice, um, but some people do, so it could be absolutely worth doing that for your child, I'm talking about adults, um, so again, onto autism. So you may be whatever age and you think I, I'm autistic, like I, everything I've read, I'm, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, I'm looking at books, I'm autistic. Is it worth getting a diagnosis? 
So there's a couple of things to bear in mind. And again, I didn't touch on this with the ADHD. Um, with an autism diagnosis, there's not really much they do once you've been diagnosed. You literally get a leaflet and you leave. And it was the same when my son got diagnosed. Um, there's not actually a great deal of help and support out there for autistic adults. Um, it's appalling. And there's no medication. There are some therapies you can go down. But to be honest, a lot of the time you just get recommended CBT, which doesn't really help anyone. Um, if you're neurodivergent, like CBT doesn't do a lot for you, um, having had CBT myself. Um, but it may be worth, in your case, getting a diagnosis for a couple of reasons. So I don't know. I think for me with autism, it tends to be about clarity. It tends to be about um, having that label. Like when I say label, that diagnosis, that makes sense for you. And once you've got that and you're like, right, I am definitely autistic. I've got that. I'm diagnosed. And again, it helps you kind of go through that process of looking through your life through a different lens. Now, you can do this whether or not you're diagnosed or not. You can do this if you're self-diagnosed. Um, and to be honest, like I say, anyone that I speak to that's diagnosed late, because obviously I got my autism diagnosis as a child, um, and I've been reading um, Sarah Gibbs's Drama Queen about her late diagnosis of autism. The biggest thing that everyone I speak to that comes through it is the clarity, is having that clarity. And being autistic we tend to want that clarity more than anyone. So you may well, again, decide to go through it, or you may not. Um, again, the reasons, again, that you may want to go for an autism diagnosis is you're struggling with work, you're struggling to work, um, you're struggling to get accommodations, that kind of thing. Then that might be when you think, do you know what, I'm going to do it. If you are struggling to work because you're neurodivergent, so because of your ADHD or your autism, Obviously, you can get financial support for that as well. You don't need a diagnosis to get financial support. Obviously, it helps. Um, but the idea is that they're meant to just assess your needs. It's not necessarily about having a diagnosis. And it's the same with children. Like, my son's EHEP got declined despite having an autism diagnosis. Um, it's about the needs, the level of the need, not what diagnosis they have. So... Again, it's completely and utterly personal choice. Um, Self-diagnosis, again, in the autism community, completely valid. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, but for me, if you're autistic, you're autistic. You can't be a little bit autistic. You can't be mildly autistic. You are just autistic. Um, what I don't agree with is people going, oh, I'm not autistic. I have Asperger's. Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> if you have Asperger's, you're autistic. And it's not been a diagnostic criteria since... 2012 I think for a long time you've not been able to get diagnosed of it so you're not Asperger's hun you're autistic unless you were diagnosed of it before it got changed then cool you can be Asperger's but you know what I mean so I think um again it's completely not your personal choice it depends on a lot of factors like getting accommodations and things I think a lot of it depends on the people around you as well um, what I will say again, getting an autism diagnosis can be very stressful. I've not gone through the adult process, um, but I have friends who have, and they've said it is stressful. It can be quite demeaning um, in certain areas. Like some of the evaluations they give you just are like ridiculous. 
and you're basically still kind of assessed like a child, which is really, really insulting. So it's whether or not you want to go down that road. Um, and at the end of it, no, there's not going to be anything given to you other than just the diagnosis. You're not going to get anything else. Um, so it's not to put you off. It's just me being open and honest about it. I think sometimes people view diagnosis as like a magic wand, like I'm going to get diagnosed and everything's going to be different. And it isn't, you know? So if you do want to go through a diagnosis, what I'd recommend if you're in England um, or wherever you are in the world, first step, go to your doctor, speak to them. Go to your appointment with a big old list of all your traits and how it's negatively impacting your life. Because what they're going to say to you is, well, why, why do you need this diagnosis? So you need to explain why it's negatively impacting your life. You'll come to realise as you go through this journey, all they care about are the deficits and all they care about is how it negatively impacts you, your family, that kind of thing, rather than the positives. Like they don't give a fuck that you're good at maths. They don't give a fuck that, oh, you know, I am I can look at a piano, listen to a song once and then, you know, play it. Um they care about the fact that it's ruining your social life and that you can't hold down your job. So it's that kind of thing. So go with that list. Be really, really firm. Like, I absolutely believe that I have this. Um, and then go from there. If you're in England, you can go through something called Right to Choose. And they can do it for autism and ADHD. So it's mainly ADHD they do it for, but they are now taking on autism patients. And you can have, you can be assessed for both at the same time, essentially. So say I want to go through right to choose. Um, they should then refer you pretty much straight away. Sometimes they give you some forms to fill out and a questionnaire to do and you have to go back, which is what I had to do. But it was all very quick. Like she gave me the forms, which just come back when they're done. I went back like two days later. She sat down, she sent off the referral there and then. So if your doctors are slow, I talk to people all the time and it's like it's been five weeks and they've still not sent the referral make another appointment, go in and sit there and be like, send my referral now, <laughs> basically, um, because they're going to view it as low priority. So get it done. Um, and just understand that none of it's a magic wand. None of it's going to magically fix anything, but it will give you clarity. And sometimes having that clarity is the biggest healer. So once you've got that clarity and you know, right, I've got this. No one can take it away from me. No one can change my mind. No one can say that I'm on TikTok too much or, oh, I'm just looking for labels and all that crap. Um, you have this and it's how your brain is and that's okay. So yeah, I hope that's helped. I'm sorry, this is a really rambly episode, um, but hopefully it'll give you some kind of clarity. Because I think people aren't honest enough about it. I think sometimes people at like, you know, is to be a one end all getting a diagnosis and it truthfully isn't. Um and for a lot of people it doesn't change anything. So yeah, take with that what you will. But if you need any help with this or any advice or if you're just feeling a bit confused, um drop me a message. My Instagram's in the show notes and um yeah, I'll leave you guys. But thank you for listening once again. If you enjoy the podcast, please can you rate it? Ideally five stars um but write it whatever you like you know if you think it's shit tell me it's shit <laughs> and um you know I can continue making more for you guys okay much love bye